Agitavach, today's daf is daf test, page 9 in the Heligim Meseches, Bavakama, we pick up two lines from the bottom of Chesam Adbez, two lines from the bottom, V'yomar Abayei, and Abayi says, again, we're giving situations where somebody is meant to collect from a certain quality land, and uh, there's issues that come up with that. Yeah, you ain't going to get the, the perfect thing that you imagine. Sometimes you got to be aware, nothing's perfect. And uh, you expect, expectations don't always work out. As they say, man plans, and God plans better. So, God plans better. So that's, that's how it works sometimes. You think something's going to happen, and it don't. Ruven sells a field to Shimon Shaloi Be'achrayis without any sort of guarantee on the field. Top of today's daf. And then later on, people come to try to take the land away. Okay? Meaning, Ruven sells land to Shimon. Shimon buys the land. Two weeks later, Levi comes and he's like, Excuse me, this is my land. Shimon's like, your land? What's your deal, man? This is mine, I bought it. See, Reuben didn't tell Shimon there's an issue with the ownership over the land. So people come and they protest the ownership. So the Allah is like this. If Shimon didn't yet take a chazaka in the field, he goes, hey, listen, I'm not being involved in this. You guys, I'm, Give me my money back. I'm out. Reuben, you, you work this out with them. Once you create a chazaka over the field, in He's not able to back out. And it's a, the, the purchase goes through. My time, why? He didn't know about any of this. He says, listen, you bought land. You didn't do your proper research. You, uh, you know, didn't make... Granted, there's an element of Achraya saw me, but you took a risk. There's a risk that you took. And you, you purchased the field without any sort of a chryas on it. Now, what, what does it mean without a guarantee? So what it means is like this. Generally, when somebody buys a land, they tell the seller that if there's an issue, I expect a guarantee. Either A, I keep the field, or B, I'm getting my money back. I need protection. Consumer protection, is that what's going on? Quality assurance. Beautiful. Quality assurance over here. Ruben says, Shimon, listen, you didn't, uh, you didn't go for that. Once you made a chazak in the field, you're now the new owner. You got to deal with it. Says the Gemara, must have a At what point is it considered like he made a chazak on the field? The buyer that now it's his issue to deal with. Once he walks around the entire field, he showed ownership. He walked around the borders of the field. And this is only when he bought it without a guarantee. Um... Dafka when he bought the field without a guarantee of Al-Bakhrayis, but if you ever make a guarantee on the field, that if something goes wrong with the field, the seller's guaranteeing that there's consumer protection, so then, lie. Yeah, the Allah is, Shimon, the buyer, could back out uh, because uh, he wasn't aware of this uh, information. those who say, Even when he sells with a guarantee, uh, Shimon can't back out once he makes a chazaka. You know why? Because the seller can say to the buyer, Achvi, uh, listen, Shimon, you deal with it. Shimon says, I don't want to deal with it. Reuben says, listen, you made a chazaka. What's going to happen? Levi takes it away from you? Fine. If he takes it away from you, you'll show me. I'll give you your money back. But until that actually happens, 
You got to pay me for the field. This is a deal. This is <laughs> we, we we signed on this. We have a contract. I don't want to pay you. I didn't know that two weeks later. Pay up. I but I lost the field. Okay, prove it. Now listen. If the buyer proves that he lost the field, avada avada. Of course, he gets his money back. He could demand his money back. There's no conversation about that, right? Because <laughs> the. the, the Ruvain was responsible to, to fill him in on that. Okay. Says the Gemara Vaiter. Rav Huna Amar, Rav Huna says, I kesef, I When somebody damages somebody else, he pays either with kesef, with cash, or metav, or high quality land. Yashiv, you got to pay back what you damaged, the Rabbi which includes anything of value, Afilu Subin, even brand. So don't tell me that the damager can only pay from the best land or cash. We see he could pay even with brand. Okay. Answers the Gemara, but the Leslie. That's plan B. You could play with brand. But plan A is either cash or high quality land. You're right. If there's nothing there, what else is the, is the victim going to collect from? Garnish. Nothing there. So then, then we say he could collect from there. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. Eat the less, like pshita. If, if there's no land and there's no money, why do you got to tell me money and superior land? There isn't no money and there isn't no superior land. So well, what's the chiddush? Of course you could pay with whatever's there. And the Gemara, I would have thought to say, I'm reading lay. We say to, we say to him, Ziltrach Zovin Vaisli Kasaf. We say to the one who, who the damager. Say, maybe maybe the, the victim could say to him like this. Oh, all you have is bran? Go sell it. Get some cash and pay me. Why should I have to sell the bran? You do it. The terrorist says, Maytav, pay back with cash or the best field. But I don't have. Here's the bran. So go get some money. If you have bran, that has value. You deal with it. I don't need to deal with it, which is actually a good svara, right? You'd think that the victims say that. Kamash Milan, Therefore, the chiddush of Ravuna is that he can't say that. Taka, it's subin. If if what the guy has is brand, you can't demand that he uh, that he uh, exchange it for money. Okay. Amar Ravasi. Ravasi says, Ksafim, cash, harehinke karka, is like karka. It's like land. It's like real estate. Money is real estate. Says the Gemara. Huh? What are you talking about? What do you mean? If it means that when it says notary, you pay back the best, it also means cash is king, and therefore cash is just as good. I know the Rav Huna. Rav Huna just said that. So why does Rav, ha- why does Rav Asi have to tell me an, an, another thing? Rav Huna says money is land. You can pay with money or land. So come to Rav Asi. Yeah, you didn't add anything. What does this mean? Says the Gemara, no, I'll tell you. Ella, I'll tell you what Ravasi means when he says money is like land. Lishnei achin shecholku. Let's say you have two brothers that are inherit from their old man. And they're splitting everything up. One guy says, listen, dad's got $100,000 of cash and he's got $100,000 of land. I'll take the land, you take the money. And now they didn't know. The father owed money to somebody. 
So the guy who the father owes money to comes and takes the land from the one who agreed to take the land inheritance. To Azil Hai, so the guy who had the land, the brother who has land is now going to go to the brother who has the cash. And he says, now share the money with me. Okay? And that's what it means that money is like land. If, if one brother loses their land due to, uh, due to a lien on it, after he inherits it, he can go back and get, say, redivide it with the brother, basically, and say, listen, I, I agreed to take the land as long as I was going to hold on to it. Now that it was collected because dad didn't really own it and there was a lien, I want my share of the money. Says the Gemara, Pshita. That's, that's simple as well. High bra, high lavra. Is one a kid and not the other? So again, that's not a chiddush, right? I mean, we would know that's obvious, and therefore we're still trying to understand what Rav Asi means when he's coming along with a, a, a seeming novel idea of ksafim marayim kikarka. So Amri adaraba leidach isa. Some say that I'm sorry, Amri, Some say adaraba, just the opposite. Leidach isa. The other side of it is true, meaning it's the same case. It's the same case. But if somebody goes and collects the land, brother who took cash does not need to give back to brother number one. Why the Amarle? The guy who took the money could say to the one who had the land, listen, that's exactly why I took the money instead of the land. Yeah? He says, listen, land has a risk. What's the risk of land? It might have a lien. Money has a risk. What's the risk of money? It could be taken away. Land can't be taken. Money could be taken. Stolen identity. Somebody goes, takes cash from the house. He says, listen, I took money and I know that that's my risk. He says to brother who took the land, if my money would have been stolen, can I come to you and say split the land with me? It's not fair. No. You, could, you wouldn't have given me the land just because the money was stolen. So to over here. That's the risk you took by taking the land. And you took the land. Because this is our understanding. Either way, no matter how you understand the approach, Rav Asi's statement of money being like land doesn't make sense. But there, the Gemara just explained there's two ways to, to view the, the dispute between the two brothers. Both fascinating approaches. But the bottom line to keep a general approach is we're trying to understand Rav Asi's chiddish, Rav, Rav Asi's uh, novel idea. So it says the Gemara, Ella rather. Lishnei Achim Shachoku. We're dealing with two brothers who split up in a state. And the Bachayv took a share from one of them. Okay. So what it means is like this. Here. Where does Ravasi say land and cash are the same? This is actually beautiful. Already, this is, this is Gishmak. Here's what happens. Two brothers inherit from the father 20 acres. They each get 10. He's going to take 10 acres. Uh, creditor? The lender. Somebody who the money's owed to. The, the, uh, somebody who the father owed money to Whatever he's called The creditor or the debitor the debtor, um, Comes and he says Listen he proves That their dad owed 
owed 10 acres. So he takes 10 acres from one brother. The other brother has 10. What are we going to do with that? It's going to be split. But here's where Avasi says, the brother who still has the 10 acres does not need to give 5 acres. He can choose to give money value of 5 acres. So if they divide it, and a little while later, one's land gets taken away, does the other brother need to give him? Yes, but he can give him money. He doesn't. He could hold on to the land and say, I'll give you the value of the land, but I don't need to literally give you land. That's Rav Asi's Chiddush. Okay, I already own the land. I already took it. You're, I, I, I get that you have rights, but Rav Asi says you can give him money. You don't need to give him actual land. Says the Gemara, Ravasi Zimna. Says the Gemara, that is a true halacha. However, that cannot be what Ravasi means. Even though the halacha is true, because Ravasi said that elsewhere, and then he would just be redundant. The Itmar we learned, Achim Shechogu and brothers are splitting up an inheritance. Rav Amar Rav says there's no machlaikas, meaning everybody agrees that you go back and you redivide it. The whole machlaikas, the whole split, not an argument here, the whole split is goes back. Viter, that it is what it is. You can take a quarter with land and a quarter with money. Now, what's the reason for this machlaikas? So, Rav Amar, but the machlaikas, Rav says you got to restart again. He says when, when uh, brothers who come. And split. They're basically back to being uh, inheritors again. And everybody remains... Uh, if somebody comes and takes from the father's land, everybody remains equally responsible. Everybody's equally responsible to, uh, to take, to, to pay up the debt. Shmuel says, no. No, you're mavater on it. Meaning you don't get... Somebody collect... Uh, the uh, lender collects from your land. Tough luck. You, you took a loss. Why? Kusavar, he holds... Ha'achim shacholku lekuchais. Brothers who who split are considered lekuchais. Are considered buyers. Shall ukelakeach shleib achrayis tami. And considered like a buyer who bought without any sort of guarantee. And therefore, neither brother can make a claim against the other one. Ravasi yamar naito ravia bekarko ravia b'mois. Because mesafkula, he's not sure. Ikiyaz navu gilekuchais tami. Do we view like a buyer? Do we view like an inheritor? Hilkach. Therefore, we'll do a splitski. Yeah, we'll do a splitski. We'll divide it. Suffik naito ravia bekarka. So Ravasi already said that money is the same as so so Ravasi already said they're gonna have to pay back a quarter. So again, when he says money is like Karka, it would be a redundant statement. So we're back to square one. When Ravasi says this, what is his chiddush? What is his novel idea? To which the Gemara says, finally, Allah rather let me explain. My what does it mean money is like Karka? Le'inyan Meitav. As far as the Torah is saying, you got to pay with the best. Meaning, if I damage somebody, the Torah says, Meitav Sadeu Yishalim, you got to pay for the best of the land, says Ravasi, cash is king too. I don't actually need to pay with my field, I can pay with cash. Ihochi Hainukid Ravuna, Ravuna said that, says Gemara, you're right. Ema, Vechena, Ravasi, Ravasi agrees with Ravuna. So, what does it mean? When Ravashi says money and cash, so there, cash is always considered made of. 
So halacha l'maisa. Practically speaking, I damage somebody, and I own real estate. The Torah says you got to pay. For, I need a, he could collect from the best of my field. The answer is he could, but if I show and give him money, he cannot. He cannot touch my stuff, even though the Torah made no mention of money. Okay. Here we go. Two lines from the bottom of Daftes. Omar Rav Zera, Omar Rav Huna. B'mitzvah Adshlish. Okay. This is a fascinating, fascinating topic. Which says that when somebody is spending money to perform a mitzvah, you spend up to a third of your money. To get a mitzvah done, a third of your money. Come sukkis, Lulav and Ezrig, if you have sixty dollars, you spend up to twenty dollars to perform a mitzvah. Okay, it says Gemara, my shlish, what a third. Of, what, what does it mean? The third. What does this mean? Top of Amr days, shlish If it means a third of every asset that you have, elamayata The problem is going to be if you have three mitzvahs to perform, you got no money left. Okay? This is, listen to this. Do you know what it means? Not a third of your estate. It's talking about Hidr Mitzvah. Meaning, I could buy an Esrug for $60. Somebody comes to me and says, I'll get you an Esrug that's Mohudr Sheba Mohudr. It's going to cost you $100. The Allah is, you're not Mohayyiv to spend it. Because it's more than a third of the base price. To bring hider to your mitzvah, you should spend up to a third of the cost of the mitzvah. So if your mitzvah costs you $90 as a base, just changing the numbers for simplicity's sake, you should spend up to 120 on the hider. If they're charging you $200 for Hidr Mitzvah, no. You stick with the 90 then. Okay? Boy Ravashi. Ravashi asks, what type of third? Shlishmi Lagav or Shlishmi Labar? A third from the inside or a third from the outside, says the Gemara Teku. We're not sure. Now, what's, what does it mean a third from the inside or a third from the outside? So here you go. Let's get back into math. Yeah? You can't, you can't learn uh, Tyra without having math. Uh, math. Math, science, history, it's gewalt. Everything's Tyra. So here we go. $90 on the Esrik. What's a third? It says you got to spend up to a third more. A third of 90 is $30. But if you add a third to 90, follow closely, you're going to have $120. What's a third of 120? 40. It's 40. It's not 30 anymore. It's 40. So the Gemara says, when we ask a question, when we say you should spend up to a third, do we mean a third of the base price, a third of 90? Or a third milabar from the outside, once you're adding on, there's a new third now. 30 or 40. 
Just the Gemara answers, take it. We're unsure. We're unsure what, what, what the uh, Rav Zera meant. The Marav army in Eretz they said, Mishmed Rav Zera, Ad Shlish Mishalai, you should actually spend up to a third of the money that you have. Mikan Ve'elach, more than that, Mishal HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it comes from, uh, directly from the Rebbein Shalom. Says Rashi, what does this mean? If a person spend, you should spend up to a third to get a mitzvah done. Which means if I have $60 in the bank, I should spend $20 on an esrog. I, what's going to be? The Rebbein Shalom gave you a mitzvah, do it. Itaka means a third of your resources, a third of what you have. And to spend more than that, you should know you'll be paid back. Be paid back from the Rebbein all right, Gvalt. Zok the Mishnah. Kol shachavti bishmi rasa yachsharti hasne yehizkaim. Any time, anything that I have a responsibility to watch, and I don't, and it damages, I need to pay. Clear? I'm responsible to make sure something doesn't break. It breaks, I'm responsible. Yachsharti b'mitzvah nizkaim. What if I caused part of a damage? I have to pay as if I caused the entire damage. Okay. This seems to say that even if you cause part of the loss, you're still mechoyiv to oversee the whole thing, to, to pay up the whole thing. Something which is not included in the parameters of me'ila. Me'ila is when I make personal use of something that belongs to hektish, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be responsible. What if I, there's property she'en ba'me'ila, something that it's not subject to me'ila. Nechasim she'en shal b'nei bris, or property that belongs to b'nei bris. What's a ben bris? A yid. Okay, property that belongs to a yid. Nechasim ham yuchadim, or private property, Okay, meaning, says Rashi, it's not Hefker, not done with Hefker property. Um, or in any place except for something that's set aside for the Mazik himself, meaning nobody else was allowed to be there. These, these circumstances are vague. The Gemara is going to clarify each set of circumstances. And also, let's say the damage took place on the property of the damager or on the property of the victim, in all these cases, when damage happens, you got to pay back from the beit from the best of the land. Okay, you have to it has to fit these parameters in order to uh, in order to obligate me in payment. Turn up one of the rabbis. Learn so should we. Now we're just going to go through the mission and clarify. Anything that you're obligated to watch, you got to pay if it damages. Kate, what's the case? You give over an axe or a pit, you give it over to, to a, a, an eight-year-old kid. Like, hey, you watch this axe. Kid, you watch this pit. Okay? And now, something gets damaged. You're obligated to pay. Ah, what do you mean? I, I, told my, I thought my kid's going to do it. I thought my kid's going to watch it. Nope. <laughs> Think again. This is not true when it comes to fire. This is fascinating. You give fire to a cotton, you're not responsible. Okay? What are we dealing with? If you gave over a tied up ox or a covered pit to a kid, and that means you gave him a hot coal. 
Why would he give a fire? Aren't you obligated when he give a fit? When he give a, a, a pit or an ox, you are obligated, right? What should be the difference? Yeah, We're dealing with a, a released ox, an uncovered pit. You gave over, so you're negligent for giving this to a kid to watch, right? Which means you gave a torch to a kid. I don't understand. Why in the world are you not responsible for giving a fire to a kid? That the only time you're not obligated is where you give somebody who's a child, give a child or a shaita, you give him a coal and he he makes a flame out of it. Give him a torch, you're obligated. My time of the Bariyazeka, of course, it'll cause damage. I was asking basically a question that we're probably all thinking of why in the world, when you give an axe or a pit under the jurisdiction of a kid, are you not respo- are, are you responsible? Give him a flame. Are you not responsible? So this is where I'll tell you the case. You're dealing with a protected axe and a protected pit. And he gave the kid a coal. And this that you said, if you gave a kid a coal, why by an axe and a pit am I responsible? I gave the kid a covered pit. It was covered. What's the problem? So he said, I'll tell you why. Shor darke linatuke. Granted, he gave the kid a tied-up axe, but guess what an axe likes to do? Untie itself. Bar, darker than a ture. And a pit as well. It might be covered now, but when people go over the pit, after a while, it's going to get uncovered. So, you are negligent. Gacheles, but when it comes to a kol, kama de shavikle, if you leave it alone, see, if you leave other things alone, they become a damage. This, if you leave it alone, ma'ami ami avazla. It'll just get weaker. And therefore, there's less responsibility for giving a kid a call. Why? Interestingly, here's the deal. This is very interesting. It's not a, it, it seems to the Gemara, we're less concerned about what the kid's going to do than it is, what if the kid just leaves it to go play wall ball? You give a kid to watch a pit. The kid finds a ball nearby. He's just going to start playing catch with himself. What's going to happen in the meantime? So by the coal, nothing will happen if the kid walks away. By the pit and the ox, something will happen. And that's the problem. Okay? Gishmak Svara. Okay? Says the Gemara, Ular B'Yechanon, according to B'Yechanon, Damar Afilu, Masar Lai Shalavas Nami Pot, if you give him a flame, your potter, which means if you give him an ox, an uncovered pit, you're obligated, why by the ox and the pit would I not be responsible, but by the flame, I'm sorry, why by the ox and the pit would I be responsible, but by the flame not? There, it's the cherish that's causing the it's causing the actual damage. But by the ox and the pit, it's not the cherish himself that's causing the damage. The pit's causing the damage. The ox is causing the damage, and therefore we would view it in a, with in a different fashion and say that's why you're obligated to pay by the ox and the pit, but you wouldn't be responsible. By the fire, Tan Rabban the rabbis learned, and that's why they are rabbis. Chaymer b'shar mi babar, an ox has a more strict halacha than a pit. Chaymer b'bar mi b'shar, and a pit has a more strict halacha than the ox. Okay, nothing is everything. Yeah, so in some ways, an ox halacha is more strict. In some ways, the halacha of a pit is more strict. Let's explain. Chaymer b'shar mi babar. In some way, the halacha of an ox is more strict than a pit. Shashar m'shalam as a kaifer. If an axe kills a person, 
the owner of the ox has to pay kaifer. It's an additional fine that you give the family of the one who is killed. V'chayev b'shleishim shalavim. Also, if it kills an Evakanani, you got to pay 30 silver shkolim. Nigmar dinai. If it's sentenced to death, the ox is not going to benefit from it. And it's also the derech for an ox to go undamaged. None of this is true by a pit. A pit is this, the owner of a pit that kills is not obligated in uh, kofar and, um, and uh, it doesn't move. It doesn't move. And in some ways, a pit is more strict than an ox. A pit is always considered to be full-fledged damage, while an ox is not considered to be a full-fledged damage. You actually are going to start out by paying only half damage initially. Okay, so in that way, a pit is more strict than uh, than an ox. So what the what the Brisa just clarified is, some ways ox has more stringencies than pit. In some ways, pit has more stringencies than ox. We're going to hold it here for tonight. Tomorrow we're going to pick up and continue to go through the other parts of the Mishnah and say, what about an ox being more strict on fire? What about a fire being more strict? And we'll, we'll go through all these cases and, uh, and nail down each halacha that's true for each of the four of Nazikin. We'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.